episode 106, Assertive Communication as a Social Worker, on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is Catherine here. So this week we're going to talk about how to communicate assertively as a social worker. We're going to talk about what types of situations you are going to commonly come across come across that you need to be assertive in your communication. And we're going to break this down into some simple do's and don'ts to make it really easy to understand and more importantly, really easy to implement and to give you tools to take away that you can use today. Before we get started, we're going to listen to a short ad from our sponsor, The Rise Directory. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hey, let's hop right into this assertive communication for social workers. So I remember when I was first starting out as a new social worker, I felt really insecure. I was really unsure about myself and I was really timid and easily intimidated by other people, especially people in power or people who I felt knew more than I did or had more experience than I did. And looking back, it really cost myself and my clients, you know, a lot. There could be a lot of lost things when you're not able to assertively communicate what your um, what your clinical expertise is telling you and also, you know, what your needs are, what your clients' needs are. So With this episode, I'm hoping to give you a few tools that you can use to walk away with today that can help you feel a little bit more confident in asserting yourself in a respectful way for the advocacy of yourself and also for your clients. When we're talking about assertive communication, what this means is it's really a communication style in which you are standing up for your own needs, your wants, and and that of your clients, and also taking into consideration the needs and wants of others without being passively, you know, passive or overly aggressive, right? So it's really that middle ground of how can we how can we essentially get what we want, right? How do we get what we need? 
And this is super helpful in social work because you are going to be advocating for clients a lot. You're going to be advocating for them with people who don't necessarily want to give them more, right? Or don't want to acknowledge that they messed up. The other way that you're able to to use this with clients is modeling for them what does assertive communication look like. So there's been a lot of times where I've talked to clients and they've told me stories about how some agency has wronged them in some sort of way. And I'm thinking, you know, this just doesn't sound right. Maybe my client is misunderstanding. Maybe they're not communicating effectively to uh, to this agency, or maybe the agency really is just messing up and being a douchebag, right? So there's only really one way to find this out is to call them with the client. So I will call them, um, call the agency up and talk to whoever it is, you know, that we need to talk to and model for them and show them you know, what does communication, assertive communication look like? And also take a stand for my clients. And if I need to point out, you know, this is wrong, or my client deserves this, or my client really needs X, Y, and Z to be successful, right? Um, And that's been really, really helpful with clients in just showing them how it's done. Because a lot of times, people, especially people of minority or immigration status, they just accept whatever is told to them, right? It's a safety mechanism. They're not going to argue. They're not going to do anything that might be seen as like fighting back or attracting attention. So it can be easy for them to get taken advantage of. So that is one one really good way of using this assertive communication. The other time this is going to come up is when there's differences of opinion in your team on how to help a client, especially, you know, come for me, coming from a medical background, there's a lot of strong personalities in the medical field, including nurses, nurse practitioners, doctors, therapists, other therapists who may be very strong-willed, have a lot of strong opinions on how to help a client. However, you also have an expertise in mental health that can also help the client. And your voice is just as valid as the healthcare voices, as the physical health, right? Because we know that the mental health drastically impacts the physical health. And that's a whole nother topic, (laughs) which I did um, on a previous episode on why social workers are going to save healthcare. And I forget uh, which number that was, but um, if you scroll back, you'll be able to find it earlier this year in 2022. But that's a side note. So um, so it's very important that you are able to communicate to the team, you know, effectively, like what's, what's actually going to be helpful for your client, right? And this is really when you are able to express your clinical opinion and say, you know, in my clinical judgment, this client, you know, X, Y, and Z, and they need X, Y, and Z to be successful, or let's change this up and see see how we can better serve them, take into consideration their mental health status, right? This is also helpful when asking for a raise, 
or negotiating um, a new job, negotiating your salary when you get that job offer. Um, and lastly, you know, saying no, right? Saying no could be kind of scary, especially if it's to your boss. So how can we use assertive communication to voice where we are and our needs while also taking into consideration the needs and wants of our bosses as well? And this is just a really quick snapshot. There are a gazillion other times in your life and in your professional career where assertive communication is going to be helpful, right? This is really the way that we're able to advocate for the needs of ourselves and others while also maintaining that relationship, that working relationship that is so vital to serving our clients and to um, to our career, right? So with each of these, as with anything, these are never ever just clear cut black and white, right? There's always caveats. There's always different things that you need to use your critical thinking skills to take into consideration for your own personal, you know, circumstances, right? So I'm going to give you some do's and don'ts. But at the same time, when you're listening to these, you also need to consider who are you dealing with? Who are you talking to when you are asking for your requests? And how far can you actually go without damaging any kind of future relationships or making it seem like you're taking advantage, right? Because that's not what we want to do. We want to do what's fair and you know what, what it is that we truly do need, right? So to start with some do's, first, you do need to believe that what you are asking for is valid. You need to have that mindset that, yes, we deserve this and my request is completely valid, right? They might try to gaslight you into convincing you otherwise, but as long as you believe that what you're asking for is valid, that's going to increase your confidence a little bit more, right? Next, we want to really be prepared before we're taking action. So gathering as much details as we can, we're never going to know 100% truth about what is going on, but, you know, really kind of gather as much information as you can about the situation or about why you're asking for what you're asking for. So for example, if you're asking for a raise, you want to be gathering as much data as possible from the previous, you know, however much time you can, right? So a good way of doing this is putting numbers to your work. So what I mean by that is um, you can say, I say you see, you know, four clients a day, four, five days a week. So that's 20 clients a week. And then if you're looking at the past year, I'm not going to do the math for you, but <laughs> you can say, okay, I worked 52 weeks or however we many weeks you worked. And in those 52 weeks, on average, I saw about 20 clients a week. So what is that total number, right? What is that total number for you? And obviously it's going to be different for you, but that is one way that you can really put a number to the work that you're doing. 
I saw, you know, 500 clients in the past year. Uh, we had a, I had a success rate of X number of clients. I completed X number of psychosocial assessments. I provided 2,000 resources. You know, these are really good ways to put numbers to what you're doing because especially when we're talking to people who hold the checkbook, right, the ones who are in charge of the numbers, they're going to want to see data. And they're going to want to see, you know, why is it that you're asking for this raise and why is it that you feel that you deserve it? And that's just one way, right? Anything that you can gather for your case of saying like, you know, this person or I I deserve a raise because I have been doing X, Y, and Z or the standard for this position is X dollars per hour, you know, things like that. We want to do our research ahead of time. And also anticipate what they're going to say. You do want to anticipate what are going to be the barriers. What might be an excuse of why they like why they don't want to do something that you're asking. Be able to anticipate that and be ready to address that, right? And you do really want to take pride in who you are and what you have achieved. So in any setting, just know that you you're good at your job, right? You have the confidence, you have the schooling, and even if you're just starting out, you can still be humble and still assertively communicate the needs that you're seeing with your clients. And do not prelude this with I know I'm I know I'm new here or I know I'm just starting out. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a doubt we're hopping I'm kind of going around here, but don't do that, right? So you don't want to diminish who you are or your accomplishments, right? Be proud of who you are and what you've achieved and just skip the prelude and say, you know, I've noticed X, Y, and Z about them. What do you think about doing this? And be open to feedback. You know, have the courage and the um, assertiveness to approach the conversation, to bring it up, to point out what you have been seeing. No matter where you are in your career or in your schooling, you are able to say, you know, I noticed this. Uh, what do you think about responding like this, right? Because, and then you can, if, if needed, because if we responded like this, it may lead to, right, whatever positive outcome that you're thinking it'll lead to. So you clearly want to state, you know, what you're asking, right? What you're asking, what you, what you need. When you're doing this, your body language is going to say a lot. So you need to be making eye contact if, if appropriate, right? If you're in person, uh, you need to be holding yourself in a confident manner, you know, shoulders back, sitting up straight, leaning in. And we also need to be really listening to others about what are their opinions, what are they thinking, so that we can, again, get all of the facts together, anticipate what people need, and then, you know, come up with a solution. Again, with the, the body language, your tone of voice goes a long way. Because if I were just talking to you like this and saying, well, you know, I think for a sort of communication, you might want to try this, you know, that's <laughs> that you're probably not going to believe me, right? You're going to say, well, I don't know. You don't sound too sure about that, Catherine. Um, so when you're talking, 
make sure that you try your best to have that firm, steady voice. So not overly aggressive, right? You don't want to come off angry, but you also don't want to come off as really timid. So just calm, steady when you're talking to whoever it is that you're talking to, right? Uh, When I was first starting, I really had to fake it till I made it because I was feeling less than confident. However, nobody knows that. Nobody knew that but me, right? And my clinical supervisor, because these are the types of things that you can talk about with your clinical supervisor is how to approach conversations, how to have these assertive communications, how to advocate for your clients, right? So my clinical supervisor was very good at helping me do this. And by the way, if you need a clinical supervisor, definitely check out the RISE directory because that is a national directory of clinical supervisors. Um, so if, if you need one or if you need a better one, you know, definitely go and, and see who's available. But with that being said, you may have to fake it till you make it, right? So I had to pretend or act like I was confident, even though I was so scared on the inside. I would always use the... Um, the analogy that I felt like a duck, right? I look smooth and calm on the surface, but underneath my feet are just flapping around and I'm like, it's just chaos down there. <laughs> so uh, so it's perfectly okay if you don't feel it. A lot of times we have to act a certain way before we can actually feel a certain way. So, uh, so those are the do's, some quick do's, and I can go on forever about this topic, but I will leave you with that, some quick do's. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine-assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine-assisted therapist in as little as four days. 
For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, Course Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait. Start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today. Check the show notes for how you can get started. Next, we're going to talk about don'ts, right? So what don't we want to do when we are trying to communicate assertively? So we don't want to sound unsure or like we're lacking clarity on what we're saying or, you know, kind of muddled and like, you know, fooling around with our words or like, uh, mm, uh. so again, this is why we want to be prepared, have, have done some research before if needed and really just, um, just have that steady, stable voice. Because if we sound like we are unsure that other people are going to be unsure. Um, don't raise your voice. Do not come off as angry. Uh, because remember, you get further in life with sugar than you do with lemons, right? And this is completely true. I've seen this over and over again, especially in our field. A lot of times people can be overworked, stressed out, and cranky. So if you are nice to them and acknowledge, man, you're really working hard over there. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what can be done about the situation? Like, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. So if you are expressing gratitude to people who are oftentimes not getting, you know, they're not getting the gratitude that they deserve, you know, that can take you a long way. And we're not going to, we're not going to fake it, right? So don't fake the gratitude, um, but you definitely want to be genuine in what you're saying. But um, but ultimately, you know, we're not raising voices here. We're not getting angry. Um, next, you know, don't feel guilty for expressing your feelings, for asking what you need, or for saying no, right? Because ultimately, you have thought this through, and you know that this is what's best for you or for your client, right? So we don't need to feel guilty for that. And that is easier said than done. I know this. But if you, again, going back to the very first point, if you believe that what you're asking for is valid, then that should help to eliminate the, any kind of guilt that you feel. And the other, the last point or, you know, two more points that I wanted to bring to you is don't allow yourself to be easily led or swayed by others. You know, really consider, do they have a good point? Are they bullshitting me right now? Is this for real? I'm not, you know, and you can take some time to think about it, but ultimately, you know, don't allow yourself to be persuaded, especially if people are, come off as harsh or, mean, if you will, or um, really strict, you know, just because they have a loud voice doesn't mean that they're right. So don't allow yourself to be easily led astray by some intimidating factor. I know when I worked in the medical field, there would be doctors who would be very intimidating and very short, very blunt, not very nice. But ultimately, my purpose, my goal is to advocate for the needs of my patients, of my clients. You can be an asshole to me all you want, but don't be an asshole to my patient, right? They don't deserve that. 
And that is my job is to be there to take the brunt of that. Because if they're, be, if they're being an asshole to me, I could only imagine how easily it would be for my client to be persuaded or to just say like, I don't even want to try to talk to that person or I'm scared of that person. I'm intimidated by that person. Um, you know, the, a lot of times we're working with vulnerable individuals who don't have the confidence or the trainings that we have, that you have. And so again, going back, like we want to be able to model what does that communication look like? What does this advocacy look like? Because if they're intimidating to you, they're probably intimidating to your client as well. And that's when you really need to take a stand and be like, no, I can, I can take this, right? I will be the punching bag. Don't literally be a punchy bag, please. But you know, I can take this, this type of talk from you, but I'm taking it because my client deserves better. And it's going to be scary, especially the first time that you do it. It's going to be intimidating. But I assure you, once you do this, even if you have to fake it till you make it, fake that confidence, you will begin to develop more and more confidence in your assertive communication style. And lastly, you know, don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to say, you know, I really want this, this, and that, and ask for it, right? So especially when uh, looking for new jobs or for advocating for a raise or getting the salary that you want or being treated the way that you deserve or the way that you want to be treated, you deserve all of that. I firmly believe that if you have a strong want or desire in your mind and in your heart and in your soul, it's because that's what you are meant to do. And you can figure out a way to achieve that, to accomplish that. It may not happen in your current position. If you are asking for a raise, if you need a certain salary to live the type of lifestyle that you want, you can ask your boss or your HR for a raise, but ultimately they may say no. And that is okay, right? Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. And the worst thing that could happen, right, is they say no. And if that happens, you move on, right? You begin to look for other opportunities that are going to allow you to accomplish what you want, what you're dreaming about. And if your dreams change, if you change your mind, that's okay too right? You may have what you thought was your dream job, what you thought was your dream company. And when you get in there, you realize it's not, or you realize you still want more. You realize you're still capable of accomplishing more. Do not let anyone hold you down, not even yourself, right? So if you have these dreams, if you have this vision of what you want for your life, go after it, my friend chase it. Go after it with assertive confidence. That is all that I have for you today. I would love to know if you are listening, you can screenshot this episode on uh, and post it on Instagram or LinkedIn and go ahead and tag me. If you want regular updates from me, I have the Friday resource email list which is okay, on occasional Fridays. I try every Friday, but you know, it doesn't happen. 
on Fridays, I will send you out resources, tips, tricks, tools, workshops, free events, trainings, you know, all sorts of different goodies, updates on the podcast, of course. So all sorts of different things specifically for social workers. I would love to send you an email uh, with these different resources. The link is in the show notes to sign up and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.